Welcome to Straight Talk with NDFB. I am your host, Emery Melhoff. And Alicia Nord. We are your Farm Bureau duo, bringing you your competitive edge. Today, we chatted with Nick DeCastro with Land Trust. We talked about the company as a whole and what it looks like for the outdoorsman along with the landowner and how Land Trust benefits both. We talk about how Land Trust works, how you can sign up your land, your liability situation, and how much money Land Trust could make you. Join us for this episode. Well, welcome to Straight Talk with NDFB. Today we have Nick DiCastro from the, or the CEO, excuse me, of Land Trust. How are you today, Nick? I'm doing really well. Thank you, ladies, for having me on. So you're joining us from Montana. Uh, can you tell us a little bit of, about yourself and, and who you are? Sure, absolutely. So yes, uh, I'm calling you from Bozeman, Montana right now. That's where we have you know some corporate headquarters. We also do have an office in in Fargo as well. Uh, yeah, so I, I guess if you want to get back into who I am, where I come from, originally I was born in Southern California. Uh, I grew up hunting, fishing, surfing, all sorts of outdoor stuff. Once I grew up, went you know got through high school, I went uh, to the East Coast to go to school, and then I followed a career prior to starting this company all around the country. So I lived in Boston, Chicago, New York, San Francisco, LA, Boulder, Colorado, and then found my way up to Bozeman in the end of 2016. So what inspired you to start Land Trust? You were tired of living all across the nation or <laughs> what was <laughs> yeah, your inspiration? It, it's a great question. So again, I, I grew up, uh, I know some of your listeners are going to think, you know, Southern California hunting, that doesn't make any sense. Well, I'm 36 years old. Uh, when I was growing up in the early 90s, it was uh, a little bit different. It's actually, it was a, a pretty great place to, to grow up then. There was a lot less development. and yeah, I grew up with a passion for the outdoors. Obviously, in my in my 20s, with my old career, I was traveling a bunch. I did not get to get outdoors too much in any of those cities. So when I had moved to Colorado, I started to kind of reconnect with fishing a lot more. And then uh, and when I got back to Montana, I did a lot more hunting. And, you know, I would, I would hunt, of course, throughout my 20s with my dad when I go home, but it wasn't all the time. And kind of immediately was confronted with what today is land trust, which is, you know, in Montana, we have actually quite a bit of public land, which public land's a, a great resource. But if anyone out there likes to hunt or fish or do other outdoor activities, private land is amazing and offers really cool opportunities. And you don't have to deal with kind of fighting with the, the public to go out and enjoy a resource. And I found myself wanting to access the beautiful farms and ranches that we have in and around Bozeman to go out and hunt your fish for the day or the weekend. And I was happy to pay for the opportunity. But there was just no easy way to do it. And of course, door knocking has existed forever, as I'm sure all your members know. But frankly, the uh, uh, success rate of door knocking was very, very low. And it's not just from you know my perspective. I've talked to many people about that. It's just things have changed over the years. So yeah, that's what led to wanting to start Land Trust. Basically, Land Trust works with both the farmer and then the recreationist or the hunter mm -hmm. or the fisherman to connect them and give great opportunities for both. What does that, what does that interface look like? How does it work? Sure. So uh, for any of your listeners, they may be familiar with 
home sharing websites like Airbnb or VRBO. Maybe they've even used uh, like RV sharing platforms like RV Share Outdoorsy. Well, you know, Land Trust is a land sharing marketplace. So we look and feel a lot like these other marketplaces. So landowners, they can come on and list their properties with us. So we have about a million and a half acres in about 40 states of land. Most of that is owned by owner-operator production ag landowners. So, you know, multi-generation farm and ranch families. And they list their properties with us and the types of activities that they'd be willing to host. So, of course, I started the company around hunting. So hunting is by far the largest activity that we facilitate today. But we absolutely do facilitate fishing. Um, we've been getting a little bit more into the RV and camping side of things. And there's just a there's a myriad of things you could host. And, yeah, for a landowner, it's it's a pretty easy process. It doesn't cost anything. So it's free to list with land trust. We're business partners with our landowners. So we only make money when they do, when people actually make bookings. And, you know, we tell our landowners, you maintain all control so you can decide, hey, we only want to host, uh, let's say, turkey hunting. Like My family likes to hunt deer, but we don't really care much about turkeys. So we'll host turkey hunters out here. And we want to only host three turkey hunts this year. And it costs this much. And these are the rules. So they get to retain all control over their land and their property rights. And then as a, you know, as a sportsman or when you look the outdoors, they can go to landtrust.com and they can look at all these different listings. You know, we obviously just launched in North Dakota earlier this year. We have, I believe we have, uh, we have quite a few listings in North Dakota and we already have facilitated quite a few trips out there too. But yeah, a sportsman can come and look at different listings and what they have to offer and prices and calendars. And it, like I said, it looks and feels a lot like Airbnb or VRBO, some of these other marketplaces that your audience may be familiar with. Yeah, it's really great service that you guys are offering. Just if you think about, you know, one of the biggest complaints that farmers and ranchers have about hunters is feeling like their property gets trampled on a bit, you know, mm-hmm. especially if it's a if it's a trespassing situation, but being able to write the terms and be able to have people come on because typically farmers and ranchers want to have individuals come on to hunt to fish, to take care of some of the the wildlife and to enjoy it just as much as we do, being able to set those terms and say, hey, this is this is what we're looking at. This is the season. Our corn is off this time of year. This would be a great time for you to come out is really attractive. So as a landowner, somebody who's interested in listing land with you guys, what does the sign-up process look like? I mean, I know with Airbnb, for example, there's some hoops you have to jump through just with filling out some paperwork. What does it look mm-hmm. like to to sign up land on your um, land trust? Yeah, company? great question. So uh, we try to make it as easy as possible. Again, we work with hundreds of producers all over the country. We know that whether you're a farmer or a rancher, uh, you have about six jobs every day. So uh, we understand that. In a lot of states, we have what we call landowner success managers, and their job title is descriptive. Their whole uh, whole job is based around making our landowners successful because when they're successful, we are. That's how we make money. Um, so actually in, in North Dakota, we have great landowner success manager. His name is Austin. He's based in Fargo. So if, if, if you have a, a, a North Dakota uh, landowner who's interested, they can, you know, give us a text or go to the website. We have a phone number on there. You can text or email us or call us. And if it sounds interesting to you, uh, Austin will actually come out and visit your property and answer any more questions you have. He's happy to take photos. And and really, our team takes on all the onboarding tasks, as you talked about filling out paperwork or doing stuff online. We do pretty much all of that for our landowners. So we have a team of people whose only job is building listings for our landowners to make it really easy for them to go live on the site. So Austin would come out and visit. 
if all the questions are answered and it sounds good, we'll set up a, I don't know, 15, 20 minute call to review your listing, show you how it works. It's really easy. We have, you know, our farmers and ranchers basically manage uh, their land trust listings from their phone. Once it's set up, you get text messages and emails. And from that point, it's basically just deciding whether to uh, accept or decline booking requests. You will get questions, but you can talk to the sportsman over the phone if you'd like to, only if you'd like to. They don't have your phone number. We don't give any of that information out and really vet them. And if you if you like them, you accept booking requests. And if you don't, you decline it. You know, this isn't something like a hotel where someone can just book your place and you have no say in that. Everything is a request. Like I said, you can message back and forth with them. You can call them over the phone. And if it all sounds good, you accept bookings. And that's when you make money with Land Trust. You guys are a member benefit with India here. And so I believe our members get 90% of that booking fee. Yeah, I think the, uh, so the normal, the standard revenue share. So just our business model, again, landowners are our business partners, our mutual customers are the guests. So we don't charge landowners anything to sign up. We only make commissions on transactions. And so our standard rate, I think we've updated it recently is 80-20. So landowners keep 80%, uh, land trust gets 20% of the booking and Farm Bureau members get a 5% increase on that. So it'd be 85-15. It's awesome. How many employees do you guys have at Land Trust? And then also, are they remote in a bunch of different states? Or how do you get, um, you had mentioned before that you have employees that go out to the farms and ranches mm-hmm. and take pictures and and meet with them. So how does that all work? Sure. Yeah. So Land Trust, we have, gosh, I should know the exact number. I believe we have right around 20, maybe 21 employees. A good chunk of them are here in Montana. I think at our office here, we've probably got 10 uh, but we do have employees kind of scattered out across the country as well. And then we our landowner success managers, those are people that we hire in the markets. And they're the ones who, you know, go out and visit with ranchers and farmers. So we have two of them here in Montana. We have one in North Dakota, two in Nebraska, one in Kansas. And that those those landowner success managers will cover adjacent states as well. Approximately how many acres participate in land trust right now? I believe we're going to end the year right around a million and a half acres in roughly roughly 40 states. I think we roughly doubled it this year. Have you gotten a lot of interest from North Dakota farmers? Has that grown over the last few years? Yeah, absolutely. So we technically didn't really launch North Dakota till. I mean, we hired Austin, our North Dakota land and success manager. I believe it was around March. And so we technically didn't even um, have North Dakota launched until March or April of this year. And uh, but we have quite a few listings already in North Dakota just in that little amount of time. So yes, there's been quite a bit interesting. We have, I don't know, 89 packages in North Dakota so far. And are you finding the same interest on the like the consumer side of it? Like, are people excited about it? Or do they want to come up? Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was gonna. I had a. I had our data scientist pull a couple stats. So, uh, just generally speaking. There's overwhelming interest from the demand side, and there's never enough land. So we are constantly seeking to add new landowners to the uh, to our platform, so that you know we can support the demand that we see. So we had almost 340 uh, sportsman days just this year in North Dakota. We had over 1,200 users who have favorited North Dakota as their state, and a majority of those are actually from outside of North Dakota. So outside, you know, your question is: Are there a lot of people that want to come to North Dakota? Certainly. Uh, And again, this is with only a handful of months under our belt in the North Dakota market. 
So what do you feel like has been successful for people finding out about you? You said that just in this last year that your land size has about doubled. So do you do lots mm-hmm. of outside PR and marketing or social media or or where are people hearing about you? So on the landowner side specifically, you know, this is a you know, trust is in our name because we know that this entire community, the, you know, the farming and ranching community is very trust oriented, like good old fashioned trust. You know, I started this company and I drove all over the place and sat down and, you know, shook hands and looked people in the eyes. And now I have a team that does that. Certainly partnering with, we've been partners, uh, member benefits with Farm Bureau for the last couple of years in a few states. So we're Farm Bureau member benefits in Montana, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, and North Dakota. There might be one or two I'm forgetting. We're working in kind of an uh, American Farm Bureau uh, partnership as well. You know, obviously the stock, you know, stock growers organizations, and then uh, we do a lot of trade shows. But interestingly, one of the biggest channels, uh, the top two channels that we receive new landowners from, one is actually our advertising that we do to the to the sportsman side. So landowners are seeing our ads for sportsmen, and they're saying, "Oh, that's an interesting thing," and they end up signing up like that. And then t- the second largest is actually just referrals from our existing landowners. We're really grateful for we, you know, our landowners who have been with us. We have landowners now who've been with us for three, four years, and they really love sharing kind of their experiences with their family, neighbors, you know, partners all over the country. And so we do get a lot of landowners just from word of mouth. So your biggest demand in North Dakota would definitely be hunting, you'd say? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I would say just generally across our platform today, because we started with hunting, hunting is still 90 plus percent of the bookings. Now, I think we're going to see that shift a little bit more this coming year because, you know, the RV and camping is a, you know, is growing. We've been investing in that. And then, you know, fishing and just other general outdoor recreation, I think will grow too. For that RV camping, mm-hmm. you need a RV hookup. Is that the biggest barrier from getting started with something like that or? Yeah, it's a good question. And and I, I want to be clear, like we're still learning that marketplace. We know hunting pretty darn well. I'd say at this point, we've been doing it for four, four and a half years. I mean, there's always much to learn, but the RV stuff is is newer to us. And we've done quite a bit of development around it in the last few months. As we learn that market, there are like what, what's called full-time RVers. They're probably not going to be the customer for land trust RV camping. The type of market that I think will serve in the RV camping world is much more of the off-grid boondocking. It's a term for RVers that it means you, you don't have any hookups. And so they're literally just like, they love the outdoors and they probably own their RV or camper to enable them to go outdoors longer. They like to hunt, they like to fish, they like to, you know, bike or whatever. And they bought this RV so that they can go do that for a few days at a time out in the middle of nowhere. You know, if you as a farmer rancher do have hookups, that's great, but it's not required. I actually had a guy who texted me who got my number from a neighbor who went through the whole runaround and just texted me and said, hey, we have a trailer, we are hunters, we just like to park in your field and sleep in our trailer tonight. Is that all right? Mm-hmm. It would have been way easier if you could have just logged into the <laughs> yeah, app just, and just requested. And hey, I could have made twenty bucks off of the off of the experience. So that would have yeah, been absolutely. a good option. Absolutely, but I do think that's kind of more representative. Again, it's not going to be the full time RVers who are driving big rigs, who are towing, uh, you know, golf carts or whatever. That's just a different market. We're looking more for the people who love the outdoors and they own their rigs because of their love of the outdoors. So it's uh, we're still, like I said, we're still learning but we're starting to kind of dial into who that perfect customer is. 
So that kind of brings us to liability and insurance, as we all know mm-hmm. that we're kind of in a Sue happy <laughs> time yes. frame right now. And so is that something on your guys's end or is that on the mm-hmm. farmers and ranchers end or is that just where, where are you at on that? Yeah, it's a great question. So uh, since day one, it's been one of the most important things. Liability is always question number one. Yeah, unfortunately, we do live in a much more litigious society today than we probably did, I don't know, 50 years ago. So land trust handles this in a myriad uh, of ways. First, we we call this whole thing kind of trust and safety. So I'll, I'll walk through from start to finish how we handle this. So first and foremost, any person who you'd host through land trust is accepted our terms of service. So when they create an account with us, as a as a guest, they're holding our landowners harmless. So that's just part of our terms of service. Next, they are doing ID verification with us. Uh, you know, so if you're a guest, you have to take a picture of your driver's license or your passport. They do like live photos and make sure you are who you say you are. Next, they're paying for their trips with their credit card upfront. And I don't know if you ladies have ever booked Airbnbs or VRBOs for you and your friends. If your name and credit card are the ones on the line. It, it just kind of adds another level of uh, <laughs> responsibility, I would say. So we remove that uh, anonymity that I think was the standard before land trust. It was someone knocking on your door, right? Or some, like, like you said, Emery, someone randomly texted you because they got your name from somebody. You have no idea who those people are. If something bad did happen, you have really no recourse. So with us, we have IDs, we have credit cards. They've already done our terms of service. Also, after every trip, the landowner rates that guest and the guest rates the landowner. And so that is another big kind of accountability piece. Not many landowners are going to let a three-star sportsman or guest onto their property. And so I think that ratings thing really keeps people honest as well. And now with insurances, it's important to note that I think it's 34 of the top ag producing states. They all have this, you know, some flavor of the same type of legislation at the state level, which is like an agritourism liability limitation. And North Dakota is one of those states, but essentially they say, Hey, you know, they want to encourage producers to to do this type of stuff because it brings new income onto farm, but they know liability is a big deal. And so the states essentially with these agritourism liability limitation laws are saying, if you're doing any of these things on your property, and as long as there's no gross negligence, we will limit your liability at the state level, which is great. Beyond that, Land Trust has a few different types of insurances. So we have participant insurance. So even though that guest has already accepted that, you know, they're holding you, the landowner, harmless and that they're responsible for themselves, if they get injured, let's say they're you know, stepping a badger hole and break their leg or something like that. They're liable for themselves, but they could also come to land trust and we'll pay up to $10,000 in medical bills. We have property protection, which we self-insure. So, you know, if someone breaks a gate or, you know, the fame shoots a cow, it's never happened, but it's asked a lot about, <laughs> you know, that, that guest is responsible for that. But if for some reason, you know, they're trying to not be responsible for it, land trust will write a check to, to the farmer or rancher for $10,000 per incident. After joke, we'll write you a check for the cow and we'll eat the cow. Um, <laughs> and then the last piece is just our general liability. So we have a million dollar general liability uh, insurance policy. It's a last dollar policy. It backs up uh, any insurance policies that the landowner has. And in, in quite a few states, you, the Farm Bureau, have insurance policies that, that could be called like the agritainment writers. Not all states have it. I know you guys have different insurance blocks, but in quite a few states, I know that Farm Bureau actually offers an insurance product that's, I think it's a couple hundred bucks a year that's like first dollar agritainment coverage. 
we try to approach it from every way we can. I often ask ranchers and farmers when they ask about liability, I say, well, have you had anyone else out on your place that's not your family recently? And they say, yes. Well, you're you have more exposed doing that than you are having people out through land trust. It's pretty obvious that's your one of your number one questions. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Would you say like overall Nick, that you find that you very rarely have to use any sort of liability protection at all? Or does it does it creep up? You know, we're always afraid of that as landowners because because there's obviously there's a lot of people that talk about it. And then there's the one bad story that happens to somebody out there. But what have you found just on the ground experience that you guys have? Knock on wood, we've had zero claims in four and a half years and a a couple thousand trips. So, look, eventually something, it's just wild, large numbers, something will happen. But that's why we carry all this stuff and we'll always take care of our partners who are landowners. I think that's extremely important because like Emery said, I think that's the number one concern when it comes Mm -hmm. to the farmers and ranchers is it's not that we don't want people out or we're not excited for them to have this experience. It's we're just always so worried for that. Right. Once in a lifetime, somebody gets hurt or there's an accident because we all know that they do happen. And I think that is the biggest concern. So that's great. You guys are fully covered and have many different options for both parties. So, okay. Looking at the kind of land that's in demand, are people most mostly interested in the grasslands out west, you know, the bird experiences, the elk experiences? Is there demand for duck hunting? Like what are you finding is highest in demand like area-wise? And then what about, you know, amount of land? If somebody has a, a section, quarter section, uh, I suppose signing up 15 acres probably wouldn't do much good. Actually. Yeah, that's a great question. So let's start with that last piece, uh, size of land. That 15, the 15 acres might be actually pretty interesting. It just depends on which 15 acres it is, right? So it's funny, unproductive ground from an ag perspective is very productive ground from a rec perspective. And we often say that, you know, that unproductive acreage from a production standpoint can often be your highest dollar per acre when you start to roll out recreation, like with land trust. You know, if it's 15 acres and it's creek bottom or river, river bottom with timber and stuff like that absolutely could do well. So I I would just say that there's no like minimum size to be listed. It just depends on what that specific ground looks like and maybe has access to. I would say unless the ground is like, you know, almost like one of those Iowa rectangles of flat, dark earth, and it's just corner to corner beans or something like that with no timber, nothing around it, like that might not be something that would do well right now on land trust because, you know, there's no kind of like habitat for for wildlife and for hunting and fishing, that kind of stuff. But uh, generally speaking, if you've got a mix of whether it's pasture or crop and timber or draws or, you know, water any of that kind of stuff is very interesting to people. Um, we have a lot of upland bird hunters. We have a lot of turkey hunters. We did more turkey hunts this last year, I think, than any other species by itself. And that's one of those ones that you know farmers and ranchers usually kind of laugh at because they don't really care about turkeys. But turkey hunts do a lot of revenue. And it's something to keep an eye on. And then in your part of the world, waterfowl is, is a very uh, high interest because all the potholes and stuff. So Yes, of course, deer, of course, the big game stuff is always popular. But I think the things that a lot of landowners maybe don't think about is upland birds, grouse, huns, uh, uh, pheasants, of course, and then waterfowl and turkeys. So money-wise, if you're looking at signing up something, mm-hmm. what are what are you realistically looking at making off of a little program like this? Just some nice nice pocket change or what have you seen out there? 
Yeah. So of course, everything depends on what the ground is and what it has to offer, right? So I want to obviously say that, but our landers are averaging anywhere from five to $10,000, I think is kind of the a very average number just from the hunting space. And of course, as we add new quote products on like RV and camping and farm and ranch experiences, et cetera, that will grow. But we have plenty of landers who've made forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year just from the hunting aspect. Wow. And remember, this is almost pure profit, right? This is just an asset. It's monetizing an asset that sits underneath your feet every day. So it's just right. it's just access to your land. Uh, it's not guided, it's not outfitted. It's just, hey, you guys are allowed to go out here for a few days. If you have lodging, that's great because it can um, increase the booking sizes. Lodging for land trust could mean you'll allow someone to tent camp, you'll allow someone to pull an RV on the property, or you got a little bunkhouse or cabin or whatever it might be. It's not required, but it's a nice to have. That makes sense. So Nick, do you still get to enjoy going out hunting or are you pretty busy by your company that you started here? Did you, you started your dream, but now, now do you get to enjoy it? When I started the company, uh, I had zero children and now I have three daughters, you know, four and under. So uh, I have a four-year-old, uh, almost three-year-old and a one-year-old That's and awesome. a company. So I, you know, I do not get to hunt very often, but you know, it's a phase of life. It'll, you know, as we keep building and my daughters get old enough to take out I'm hoping I get to do quite a bit more. Yeah, that's awesome. Are you guys still looking at starting a partnership with Onyx Maps or? Yeah, we do. You know, we do partner with them right now. So um, it's a good question. And for the landowners out there, again, we build this to be do it yourself for the sportsman. And a big part of that is maps and ensuring that those uh, those guests can understand your property maps, understand waypoints, understand places they can and can't go, et cetera. And so we do partner with Onyx Maps and another mapping app called HuntWise, um, both more in the hunting space. And so as part of your listing with us, we will our team will build these digital maps of your property. Again, talk to you about, hey, where do you want people to park, where a trail, mark where tree stands or blinds are, mark where game cameras are, all that stuff. And then once somebody books with you and you accept it, we send that over. So their arrival instructions is not only kind of your written arrival instructions, like, hey, you go two and a half miles down the road and at the windmill, you make a left and it's the red barn, that kind of stuff. But also we're sending them the complete digital maps of your property as well so that they can be truly like self-guided. So if people want to connect with you or just kind of you see more about land trust or what other people have said, um, whether they're interested in Mm -hmm. participating or if they're a fisherman RV hunter themselves. Where do you have, where are you most public? Is it Facebook, social media, your website? Where can they find the most information about land trust? Yeah, absolutely. So our website will have everything and that's where you can see all the listings. You know, if you're a land hunter, you can probably go out into whatever state you're in and see which one of your kind of peer landowners is listed with us. So I would go to landtrust.com. You know, along the top, if you're a landowner, there's a four landowners green button there. Sorry, it says list my land. You know, there's a lot of information there. There's videos of of landowners who've been listening with us talking about their experience with land trust. There's a bunch of information, a lot of the stuff we've been talking about here. And then, you know, obviously as a guest, when you hit landtrust.com, you can just search by state. You can search by, you know, activities or species that you're looking to get after. As a landowner, feel free to call us. So we're real human beings. There's no chat bots or AI involved in any of this stuff. There's real loud people here. And a, a good number to call is 406-709-8450. And our team's here happy to help. If you read reviews about us on Google, our landowners love how how much customer service we provide. So we see ourselves as a service provider. You know, we'll make it very easy for you guys to 
answer, get, it, get your questions answered, but also get your listings live and making money if that's what you'd like to do. Very good. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking about land trust. And we as Farm Bureau are very excited to have you as a member benefit. No, we really appreciate you. One, having us on, it sounded like my team in Fargo was at your guys' annual conference and really enjoyed meeting everybody. And it was kind of our uh, first introduction to the market. So we appreciate being partners. We love the Farm Bureau. Um, they've been our best kind of partner across all the states remember benefits with. So we really appreciate it. We're excited to do really good work with you guys too. Thanks so much for offering that service to our members. And uh, thanks for being on with us today, Nick. Really yeah, appreciate Yeah, thank you, it. ladies. Yeah, we'll thank talk you. soon. You've been listening to Straight Talk with NDFB. To learn more or to register your land, head over to landtrust.com.